With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. join us here in church of the corn uh drake what's up brother how are we doing tonight my man i'm good man uh like i just joined right another right win there. yeah no 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 we're good <laughs> uh enjoying another win no matter how ugly it is obviously um nice day running around running errands with the wife what about you how you doing how's the shoulder uh, you know, the shoulder is there. We're going to get it taken care of here soon. Um, am I mistaken? You got to uh, celebrate uh, two wins this weekend with uh, your Patriots winning as well, correct? Uh, yes, I did, which um, it, it's always fun when when you win in the NFL, but uh, it's really fun right now when you're really bad in the NFL, obviously, so. And that um, makes sense. I I just I'll just ask a quick question for you because you've been a Patriots fan for quite some time, and I thought Bill Bill O'Brien going going down there would kind of help Mac Jones's career. But before we jump into Nebraska, uh, the Nebraska game and against Northwestern, what just what are your thoughts on Bill O'Brien this year? Is it is it talent? Is it scheme? Is it both? Is it things are finally off the the uh, train tracks for Belichick? Um, I think there's a mixture of everything going on. Um, first off, I don't, I don't think they have the same defensive talent that they've had for a long time where, you know, you can win ugly games. Um, you go back to, to Max rookie year and even parts of last year, that offense still wasn't very good, but the defense was able to pick make up for it. Um, and I don't think they're there as a defensive unit now, especially with some of the injuries they've had, but offensively, there's just, there's no talent. Um, sure. Mike Giusecki is good, but Mike Giusecki isn't a number one offense and Juju Smith Schuster and Kendrick Bourne are 
or what at this point in their careers. And Ezekiel Elliott and Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson, while both decent backs and neither are home run threats, I just I don't understand where they thought the production was going to come from. I don't understand um, how you thought Mac Jones was going to be successful with this with this offense around him. I've personally not been a Mac Jones fan for a long time. I didn't want the Patriots to draft him. Um, now, that's not to say that I wasn't wrong on who I wanted them to draft anyway because I wanted them to draft Trey Lance just to see what Belichick looked like with an athletic qu- quarterback, not named Tom Brady, because obviously we know Tom is very limited in the athleticism field. Um, but, I mean, truthfully, if you go back over the run of Belichick's time frame, the, the Tom Brady draft decision – makes that entire career. And I don't think there's any way to to argue that anymore. It used to be Brady is 100% a system QB, but he went and won in Tampa. And what has New England done without him? And yeah. while continually following the same mold. Now, granted, when you're in New England, you know, they went and got a Wes Welker at times. They drafted Julian Edelman, who was kind of a project guy. You drafted Gronkowski. Uh, but it's still not it's not the same and you're you're not gonna just win by finding only diamonds in the rough. They have to go spend some money somewhere on the offensive side of the ball and they refuse to do that. Yeah, that's kind of the wildest thing. It's I, I think the biggest pickups this offseason were between Juju and uh Elliot and both those guys. I, I feel like it's pretty safe to say Juju's the third at best and Elliot's over the hill. I mean he's he's I don't want to say he's washed at this point, but he's a shell of what he was down in Dallas. And I think that's why there was so little, you know, um, want for him in this off season. Yeah. I think, I think Zeke got ran pretty hard early during mm-hmm. his time in Dallas. Um, they did what no. you should do with a running back. They ran, honestly, this is going to sound terrible, but they ran him into the ground and they got their money's worth out of him. Yeah. And they did the same thing with DeMarco Murray. If you remember mm-hmm. that too. Yep. Now that being said, I don't, I don't remember any major injuries for Zeke over his career. Um, I think he's done a decent job of staying healthy, but I think he's a lot closer to, and and somebody's going to tell me I'm wrong here, but I think the way he takes care of his body, the way he's look, he looked in the offseason and coming into the first couple weeks of the Patriots season, I think what he's done in terms of off-the-field stuff and I mean, this has nothing to do with um, the problems that he had coming out of college with leading into the draft and some of those issues. But I think he's a lot closer to an Eddie Lacy than he is um, somebody who's 100% committed. Yep, I was just thinking Cheeseburger Eddie. I remember those pictures of him in training camp with the the Cowboys and – or with the uh, Packers, excuse me, and just looked giddy, looked like shit. Yeah. Uh, he looks look like Eddie Lacy ate Eddie Lacy. Yeah, and, and, and it's hard to look good when you're 280 as a running back, and unless you're Jerome Bennis. Yeah, um, I mean. And there's not many of those floating around. But you know what? I, I, I could say the same thing about Derrick Henry lately, too. I feel like De- Derrick Henry is is getting bigger in a bad way. He do- He doesn't look like the same back anymore. I think he. I think this was his last year before he really hits a downturn. I think last year was his last really good productive year. This year, you'll start to see a a, a 
noticeable incline or decline, excuse me. And then next year, I think things kind of fall off. There's nothing on that offense to help him out. And when that's your bell cow and you know you're going to run him 30 times a game, it can only hold up so long, even when you're a brick shit house like Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more. I don't know. I think you're going to see a lot of teams looking more for third down backs that could carry the weight a little bit more in the run game. Um, it's become an aired out league, but I think you're going to see a lot more guys look for guys like the Patriots did in James White, guys that are elite pass catchers out of the backfield. I mean, you look at the best running backs in the league right now. Um, you know, it's crazy to say because he missed the first three games, but I'm going to throw Alvin Kamara in there. He had like 12 catches the other night. Um, Christian McCaffrey, when he's in, at the top of his game, he's involved in the passing game. I think that's kind of the way things are going to be moving forward. You're not going to have a Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott and Derrick Henry um, for much longer. I think that that style of running back is dying and it's dying fast. Yeah, you need a multidimensional threat in the backfield, like a Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. Um, I mean, there's there's a few backs that have that, but I think that's the way it's going nowadays. But uh, what, do you, what do you say we go from the NFL to uh, to something in the NCAA now? Well, hold on. Before we do that, give me your prediction for your game tonight with the Eagles. Uh, Eagles, Dolphins, it'll be a close game. I mean, you've got a lot of uh, talent. you got a lot of speed on the field. Eagles, uh, I believe, have everybody back healthy in the secondary from Slay to Sidney Brown. You get Fletcher Cox, um, uh, Carter from Georgia back. I mean, you're you're fully healthy. Oof, that, that Dolphins team is a fucking juggernaut. I, I'm going to say uh, Eagles take it. I'm going to say 28-24. I'm not super confident in that pick. I think it's going to be a, a tremendous quarterback battle. Let's not forget both guys went to Alabama to actually uh, backing up Jalen before getting benched in the national championship t- team and then taking off from there. But I think it'll be Eagles. I think it's going to be close. It's going to be a hell of a game, though. Um, Let me ask you this in regards to this game. Well, in my, I'm going to ask you about Miami as a whole, too, with this. Does Raheem Mostert, while we're talking about running backs, does his success this year surprise you? It doesn't because he's done it before, but he does it in very, very specific systems, which is the wide um, stretch zone systems, which he had um, under Shanahan in, in San Francisco. He's under McDaniels, who runs a very, very similar system in Miami. I mean, when he hits those zone schemes, he is a phenomenal running back. The, um it's a one cut and go, and he's a four three guy coming 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 out of Purdue. Um, I I think the Eagles actually drafted him in the late rounds, if I'm not mistaken. But he's a tremendous talent. He's just he's not a guy that fits everywhere. But he's found a scheme where he works. He's found two of them back to back. It's impressive. Yeah, I I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I'm not surprised uh, because I am. Uh, what he has done this year. Um, in terms of production now i think i do think it is a product of the system to mm-hmm. to an extent but i don't i don't know if there's a running back in the league that could could do what he does in the limited amount of touches he gets um cuz he was supposed to only be a third down back down there and yep. he has become their their back and 
So I'm surprised by what he's been able to do, but I'm happy I mean, for him. He's he's a he's a very talented guy. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from him by saying it's all the system and he's not a talented guy. He's a he's a tremendously talented guy. I just feel like he's a he he fits very specific schemes. He's not a guy you want to put in behind that Tennessee line and say we're going to run you straight up the middle thirty times a game. But if you can exactly. get him on the perimeter, he is a picture perfect. And they've got a stable of running backs down there that are all built the exact same way. Um, Achan, the uh, the uh, backup running back. He's going to be a bigger loss, I think, than anything because he's going to be gone for, I think, the next month, maybe six weeks with a knee injury. Yep. Now, so. what I will also say, too, is if I was a Raheem Mostert fantasy owner, I would be selling right now. If you are battling injuries or coming up on a bye week, I am selling him and I'm getting as much as I can. I I own Tyreek Hill. And I got I'm Hill, too. Prob- I'm probably going to be selling Tyreek Hill here shortly um to to eat into some of my other deficiencies i've gotten lucky this year i i picked up camara in the fifth round just because i was planning on something bad happening i had nick chubb go down one week and then i think i was you know had camara in the very next or the week after so um it was in my big money league in my big money league my my i i've shuffled a lot of running backs i did not i i'm not big on running backs in fantasy Mm-hmm. But the three I am carrying now, I drafted one of them, and I picked up the other two off the waiver wire, and all three of them looked really good this weekend. Camara, uh, I drafted in the sixth round, and then I w- I don't even I don't even remember who I started the season with, but uh, I had Camara in the to Camara in the sixth, and then I went and drafted uh, picked up Kareem Hunt immediately after the Nick Chubb injury. And it's between um, him and Ford, I, I grabbed both. I, I've stuck with Ford, but and I got Dante Foreman too. Oh, uh, that was a good that was a good play today. I think he got thirty points. Thirty two. He was on my bench today. Khalil Her- Khalil Herbert is the other running back I drafted. That's yeah, not a bad so. one from the from the Bears. You expect them to run the ball a lot more with with Fields yeah. as at at the um, quarterback position. You just expect the Bears team to run the ball, and they haven't except for today, really. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's dive into Huskers now. All right, let's dive into Huskers now. Um, Drake, was yesterday's game a win? They won, yes, right? it was. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure because uh, I, I happened to go on Twitter, unfortunately, afterwards, and I fucking I, – I felt like they lost the game. I feel like they, they were they were 0-6 or 0-7 at this point. I, I agree. And the other thing I'll add is – while we all expect Northwestern to be really bad this year, and, you know, at times they are really bad. And yesterday they were playing without their starting quarterback and blah, 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 blah. Let's not forget that that Northwestern team beat Minnesota. They hung 30 on them in overtime. And which beat Nebraska them. lost to week one, if, if we remember correctly. Yeah, so, yes, again, they're playing without their starting quarterback, but this is improvement. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Matt Rule said it after the game. We probably lose that game week one. And I don't disagree. Well, and another thing is you are above 500 for the first time in in quite some time. Um, Yep. That, 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 to me, that's a crazy, that's a crazy stat. Um, You, you beat, you, you, I mean, you beat Northwestern, a team that you've had a lot of trouble with traditionally. Honestly, once they put up that touchdown to Malachi Coleman, I felt like the game was 
was done. And I know that was early, but with the way that that defense played once they got inside that red zone, I, I didn't feel like Northwestern had a shot to come back un, unless they made a big splash play. Like when they had that 70 yard pass down the uh, right, uh, I think it was the left uh, sideline when they got Hartzog on that, um, they just beat Hartzog essentially. Blitz didn't get home. Mm-hmm. Quarterback stepped up. There was a dime. If they don't, sc- they didn't score outside of a field goal there. I told the wife, I go, if they don't score a touchdown here, they're not going to score. They they didn't. That defense is just, that defense is incredible compared to where they were last year. It's Oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable. And then you got Juco walk-on James Williams falling out yesterday. I mean, he he made some plays that don't show up in the stat sheet. He had a late sack. I think he had a sack on the opening drive, too. Um, that defense, for the first time in a long time, there's three, four, maybe even five true natural pass rushers that they create. I mean, they look I don't, so I don't want to dog. I don't want to dog on him, but Oshan Mathis, we're we're getting the production this year out of guys that are younger, less experienced that we expected out of Oshan Mathis last year. Um, some of that is coaching. Some of that is just pure natural ability. Uh, Prince, Cameron Lenhart, James Williams, all those guys are great pass rushers. Uh, Jamari popped a couple times as well. I mean, just uh, – and, and I think one of your leaders on the day was Hutmacher. Mm-hmm. I think Hutmacher had a, a one-and-a-half sacks or two sacks on the day, multiple tackle for a loss as well. I mean – that defense front is 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 doing exactly what Nebraska fans have been clamoring for for years now. They're attacking. And, they're getting after the ball. And you know, a position group that I was really worried about coming into the season was linebacker. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. John John Bullock, um, late in the game, saved a touchdown. Yep. Um, tight end. They, it was a great concept by Northwestern. Tight end comes out in the flat. You have two two slants going over the top of him. Cleared it out, and John Bullock kind of came around the edge and right in the quarterback's face, got both his hands up so he couldn't throw the ball, and then that led to a sack. Um, but that should have been a touchdown. That quarterback should have let that ball go regardless. Well, and another guy that uh, came up made some big plays. It's not a very heralded guy, but it is Gifford. Gifford made it came up and run support and made some gigantic plays um, on third down. The, and that it, third down screen was that play the, Gifford made. Yep, that's the exact play I'm talking about where he blew it up because otherwise that that's a first down that keeps a drive going. It's just that that defense is playing on a completely different level. It's it's not as good as the 09 defense. But they're in a similar position as the 09 defense, where they're going to keep you in almost every game. They're going to put your your offense in in decent enough spots to win the game. But as I think your offense is 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 at a point where injuries and limitations are going to somewhat stymie what your defense can do. Unfortunately, yeah. I th- so here here's how I feel about this. I actually. Looking at it, I I think this defense is better in a ton of different ways. Um, now I don't think you obviously don't have an elite player at tackle like you did with Sue. So 
obviously you're giving some up there. But I, I think Nash commands that nose guard significantly better than Sue would have. Um, I think he's a bigger I, body, which which makes up for it a little bit better to to take on the double teams. Yeah, I, I, I just does the the difference between this defense and the 09 defense. The the biggest difference is obviously going to be turnovers. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't force the same amount of turnovers, and I understand that. And that's the difference between being a really good defense and an elite defense. But I do feel like this defense is a lot more sound and steady. Um, you know, I don't I don't think that 09 defense prevents as many touchdowns in the red zone as this defense does. Yeah, this is a, a you know, they, they do occasionally get beat, but it's what once, maybe twice a game that this defense gets usually beat on a play. Um, and and I don't recall it go, um, I, outside of the Colorado and maybe the Michigan games them going for long long touchdowns. And and mm-hmm. honestly, when I when I think you look back at every game outside of Michigan, your defense has kept you in every single game and given your offense a chance to at least be within striking distance. Michigan was the only team on the schedule where I think when you look at them, you just say. Yeah, you know what? Give it your best shot at this point because you know you're kind of outmatched, outmanned. Michigan has done copy paste what they've done to every other team, every other team this year. But as as one thing that Rule said, and you brought it up earlier, they they lose this team if this happens or any other point of the season. I think it yeah. just shows how much growth that this team has gone through in a short time. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And I'll tell you, there's a couple of things that stick out yesterday on the defensive side of the ball where I'm like. That that doesn't happen last year. Um, Ty Robinson, he's not an elite pass rusher by any means, and that's not really his role on this deep on this defense. He's an edge that that keeps contained, turns the run back in, and he does he did a great job of that yesterday. But there were several times yesterday where their their quarterback got out of the pocket and started to run, and one of them was one Ty Robinson. And I just had a flashback to Purdue last year where Tyrob couldn't break down mm-hmm. and O'Connell got the first down on, on a crucial late, late drive. And that, that didn't happen yesterday. So like you see some very key um, growth, both in their flexibility, their agility. So you see, you see a ton of stuff from strength and conditioning right there. Right. But then there's another play that really sticks out to me. And when it happened, I was I was angry with how it ended. And I'm talking about the long the long run from the running back that Omar Brown tracked him down. Yeah, where he broke it right through the middle. Yeah. So as that play is unfolding and Omar's clearly gonna catch him, it, it's prime that ball is in prime position for Omar to try and grab it from behind and punch it out, whatever. And and a defense predicated on turnovers probably goes for that. Omar Omar just makes a tackle. And he makes the tackle probably ten yards sooner than he would have if he went for the strip. And hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously we force a field goal because if he doesn't make that play, they're probably down inside the ten or the five and who knows what happens there, right? So mm-hmm. I I wanted I wanted him to try and strip it because I want to see more turnovers for one, but two I want to see us being aggressive for the ball. But they're making the right play. They're not making the play that we want to see. Um, 
and Tommy Hill missed a, a pick six on their first drive. Like, mm-hmm. ball just went through his hands. Still made a great play on the ball. The, this team is significantly better. Now, I don't know if Tommy Hill's going to be out for an extended period of time with his injury. Um, Tame and Lineham look good, especially in punk coverage. This team's coming along on both sides of the ball. Yesterday, the offense struggled, but keep in mind, that's your first game where you're playing almost all freshmen at wide receiver. Um, our guy, yes. Emmett Johnson, got a start at running back. Like yep. That offense was- is going to take some time. Well, there was one point when you had uh, your receiver spot, uh, receiver spot plus um, tight end. Everyone out there did not play a snap for Nebraska last year. You had Coleman, you had Fedoni, you had Doss, and you had Lloyd all on the field at the same time last year. Plus, I guess, I guess you could probably put Emmett Johnson out there and say your quarterback and, white, and, and running back also did not play. A, I don't believe Emmett played a snap for him last year. If nope, he did, it was very sparse. And Alex Bullock. Like, and Alex Bullock, thank you. Um, I, I mean, the amount. And okay, well, let's add another guy. Let's add Ben Scott, the the starting center for you. Another guy that did not play a snap. Your left guard, Nguyen Nueli, also did not play right a guard. snap for you last year. Right guard, excuse me. Um, and 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 most of the game, uh, Evans Jenkins stepped in um, at one guard spot, and then your center spot. Like the amount of injuries that have happened to this team, it's it's it is what it is. Uh, because you can't blame injuries for for anything because you're still winning. It's not going to be pretty. Um, I think uh, Michael Rose Ivy put something up uh, when they uh, crowd surfed Matt Rule yesterday. And I I made a comment on there. Pretty wins don't matter unless you're a top 10 team. If you've got a 1 through 10 next to your name, pretty wins win. Pretty wins matter, excuse me. But if you're 11 through anything else, you just have to win. It doesn't matter if it's pretty or if it's ugly. You just have to get that W at the end of the day. I mean, at the end, that's all we care about, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I would think that Nebraska was a perennial playoff team the last few years. The way people have been bitching and complaining, the offense has been ugly, but it's done enough to win. The defense has cool. has carried you, and and I think Nebraska fans need to get comfortable with this being a defensive led program. Offensively, they don't need the fireworks; they just need to do enough to get you three or seven every time that they touch the ball. I think if you're in that position, you're in a great spot with that defense. And even if White doesn't stick around, which pray to God he does, I honestly feel like you've got enough good coaches on that staff that that defense is just going to keep getting better. Yeah, and I've, I've said this numerous times. I don't see Tony White leaving after this year unless one hell of a job opens up. Um I think it's almost got to be truth, the perfect job, right? Yeah, it absolutely does. Uh, and I'll be honest, I think part of the reason he came here, like I legitimately feel this was he's going to get to prove himself against a litany of different styles as a defensive coach. He's going to have to go against the traditional Big Ten power, uh, power run game and all that shit. And then next year, you're going to have to go against teams like Oregon, USC, who run the spread attack. And if you can play, if your defense looks good at that level against all these different styles that you're going to see the next two years, I think that's where he starts entering more conversations. Um, as good as this defense is this year, and don't get me, they're really good. I do think the lack of turnovers is really going to prevent him from getting a top tier job this year. That's not to say that it should, but I feel like it will. 
I mean, I, I, I can agree with that to some point because you always want to get your offense more possessions. And, and if your defense isn't doing that through turnovers, uh, it, it makes it it makes it tougher on an offense. And you've seen it with USC. They, they led the country last year in points off turnovers. And this year they don't. And, and you see that affecting that team. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think White has got, got offers last year. I think he's going to get offers this year. I, I'm wondering if he's a guy, though. I could, I could see him wanting to be a head coach, but do you think he could be a guy that just, let's say, just sticks around at the defensive coordinator spot, st- solidifies a position for, I don't know, five years, a decade or so? I can see it. Um, admittedly, I don't know quite enough about Tony White's history, you know, everywhere he's been, where he's from. Um, and I just haven't heard him talk enough, but like, I truly get the vibe that he wants this job. And I've said it, I've said it numerous times. I said it before we hired Matt Rule. I don't think the coach that we have now and the more information that I've gotten from people close to the situation before we hired Matt Rule was the next coach is not a long-term answer. It, it is the restart. Uh, I just I don't think Rule is going to be here for longer than ten years. I don't think he's going to make it to year ten. But I I don't think that's how he's built. Everything I've seen, every every ounce of my being says he just wants to fix this, and then he wants to go find his next project. He seems like he loves projects, and I mean, look at it. he's never stayed around anywhere to reap the rewards of his success beyond a, a better job, and make no mistake there will be a better job opening up in the next five years not oh, yeah. no not not better like historically or long term but over the last 20 years you can't tell me that if if danny landing doesn't work out at oregon that oregon is not going to have any interest in a mat rule well it's funny you bring that up because they had interest in him once he just went to baylor um yes i just to me ba- Nebraska seems like a job where you can make a career out of it. Going off what you said, Rule really hasn't stuck around anywhere to reap the 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 you know fruit of his labor. Um, it, it it'll be interesting. It, it'll be a fun build to watch with these guys. The one thing that makes me really um, hopeful is, is is the youth on the staff, uh, especially on like the defensive side of the ball. I remember how much we were all concerned about Knighton being brought in and, and guys like Cooper being brought in who didn't have a, 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 a tremendous pedigree but just because they were younger guys, um, guys like McGuire who are still pretty new and, and green on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, Dvorak, Cooper, um, and, then, and then Knighton on the defensive line, like whatever we need to do they, they they those guys deserve a raise it's tremendous what they've done with a lot of guys that were already on roster Barry from the last couple of years like they yeah, they I mean, really mind that roster for for development i'm going to i'm going to throw out a list of names right now uh Deshaun Singleton didn't really play last year has been a monster this year Mikhail Gate uh by Bayer monster this year i i think there's a legitimate argument to be made that Bayer is the best guy at that position and you brought in two pretty big transfers in Chief Borders and MJ Sherman. And mm-hmm. I think I, I would argue that Bayer has outplayed both of them. Now, when they're all on the field, you know, Chief and 
and Sherman are much more pass rush guys and Bayer is more of a traditional linebacker, but I feel like he's had the biggest impact out of those three. Um, who else? Polar Bear. Ty could Robinson I, played a lot last year, but he, he didn't look as good as he looks this year. Could I convince you the best coaching job on the entire defensive side of the ball is what Knighton has done with Hutmacher? With as, as many splash plays as he's made and as much uh, lateral quickness and speed as we've seen from him this year, ability to use his hands and just makes getting getting into the backfield compared to what he looked like last year, Knighton's done a tremendous job getting that young man mobile and, and making plays. I would say yes. I, I But I, th- I think Coach Cooper is a very close second with mm-hmm. how involved those corners are in the run game. The, those DBs did not like to tackle before, and they are blowing plays up consistently. They, they, um, there's an attitude in that secondary. It's it's great to see. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can pick a coach out of the defensive side of the ball that has been better than one guy because look what Dvorak has done with a guy like John Bullock, mm-hmm. a guy uh, that – Walk on last year. That realistically should – should never see the field, but he found a niche for the guy and has turned him into a stud. And the dude um, is just making plays right and left all over the field. It's yeah. God, and it's again, I, I come back to it. Makai Bayer um, found a way to use his speed and, and everything that he has. But I, yeah, no, Knighton and Cooper, I, it's really hard to judge linebackers as a whole because you also have Henrich and Reimers who have carried that defense for a couple of years. But when you look at what Knighton's done with that defensive line and when you look at the way Cooper has gotten those, the, that secondary involved in the run game and how they don't get blocked by wide receivers anymore, whether it's a a tunnel screen, a bubble screen, whatever it is out there on the edge, run game, they are in there and they're blowing shit up. So it, it's 1A, 1B for me between those two. That's a, Yeah, I mean, the, the entire defensive side of the ball has done a, a tremendous job, so I don't think one is above the other. I just the, the job that they've done on that defensive line with, with guys that were there and, and Hutmacher in general was, has been tremendous. Um, I, I, I got one, one last question for you, Drake. And it was something I seen on Twitter. I think it was from Husker wave um, who had brought up the injuries this year. Um, to me, it, it's been a lot of like freak injuries because you've had them on the road as well. You've had them at home. I, I don't recall seeing this many knee injuries, but, Man, it just you also have guys like Reimer that are completely non-football related that get that get staph infections and MRSA and different shit like that. Like when you're getting MRSA, I because I, I I am correct in saying MRSA. I think it was MRSA, right? Yeah, yeah. He was hospitalized with MRSA. They said okay. yesterday before the game. So anytime you've got MRSA going around as an injury, you've got some bad fucking luck on your hands. You, there's no other way to put it. Is you just have some bad fucking luck. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I, I, so I know, I know what you're getting at. I mean, are are these injuries lack of prevention? How do you how do you overcome it? I mean, to an extent, it's a freak injury. I mean, look, that's where look I'm at, at is it's all freak injuries this year, unfortunately. I mean, historically, we have we have bad luck on one side of the field and one end zone at Purdue, right? Like we've yeah. had multiple guys go down. Some in warmups 
Um, that that there is a field issue, but we we had guys get hurt at Illinois. We had yeah. guys get hurt Watch at home. Washington on a nine route blows his knee out. I mean, yeah. What what was Ramirez? Was Ramirez a collarbone? Ramirez was a knee? hip, I believe, and then I the, thought Urban was a hip. Was it okay? So then his his was a shoulder shoulder collarbone. So that has nothing to do with field. Like six pounds of pressure just, to break your collarbone. That's all it takes. Yeah, yeah. That that has nothing to do with the field. Um, could you? Could I argue that Marcus Washington at Illinois was the field? Sure. Um, or is it just a freak injury? Garcia Castaneda, another knee injury. I mean, yeah. Sometimes you just have a shit run of bad luck, and and I wasn't bringing this up to to shit on Husker Wave or anything like that. It's just no. Uh, it's an interesting point that he brought up, and I guess I hadn't thought about it. I just think it's a real bad rash and a luck of injuries under a new coaching staff. Well, yeah. So Skurs News brought it up. Um, I get, Matt Rule and the team has been practicing a lot more on grass than they do on turf. And, you know, should we be practicing on turf all the time? Sure, but I think it's been proven at this point that the more time you spend on turf, the more injuries you're going to get, right? So. Um, you know, I tweeted at at Trev. Let's let's switch Memorial Stadium to grass. Um, that's a big talk in the NFL as well right now, switching everybody to grass. But if if grass is a good way to stay healthy, I think you got to do it. But my my answer to Scourge News is, if practicing on grass is going to keep us healthier for Saturdays, then I want to practice on grass. Now, if you can find a direct correlation between us practicing on grass and then getting hurt on Saturdays when we play on turf, and and that's a cause and not just, oh, this happens, mm-hmm. then we're having a different conversation. But I don't think there's any way to prove that. Yeah, my, my thought of it was you'd have to break down a few different key metrics. Number one, you'd have to break down the, the cleat that the, the athlete was wearing at the time. You'd have to break down the injury, the playing surface, the position group. I mean, there's there's a lot you'd have to break down going into it to try just to even narrow these things down uh, to, 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 to get a read on it at this point. Um, could there be something to it? Sure, but unfortunately, I just think it's a shit run of bad luck and they're still winning through it, um, and that's about all you can ask for. You know, everyone's getting injured, and at this point of the year, injuries are something that's that's struck every team. Can, can I – and I don't know that this is the answer either, but can I sell you on the fact that maybe the the extra work being done in strength and conditioning has wore these guys down a little bit for the season to get them ready? I mean – we kind of thought this year was going to be a lost year anyways, and I don't blame the staff for thinking that. So focusing on getting ready for the long term, but maybe these guys are worn down a little bit. And I, I would also argue that it's probably somewhat a change of the change in style the system. Well, change in style too. Like I, I can't tell you how many guys I saw get hurt yesterday, getting rolled up on um, in a run play because, you know, you're planted, you're blocking, and the guy gets tackled behind you. Think about Nebraska for the last five five years. We really weren't in those positions frequently. Now, these aren't the majority of the injuries that we're suffering, but you could, you could sell me that just being put in different positions than that they've been put in the last five years is also playing a factor in this. 
Uh, one good thing you brought, one good point you brought up, Drake. So I, I, I do have a question for you, and it's going to relate to the injuries. Do you know what one of the most um, people coming off the couch and jumping jumping into a sport? Do you know what the number one sport is to get injured? In? Pickleball. 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 It's the number one sport to get injured in because people go from sedimentary lifestyle to trying to act like they're can play any sport in the world it's kind of the same thing like you brought up with going from one staff to another staff the added work and what you're putting on the body could could be something to it and i guess i didn't think about it at the time putting the body under different stressors from one staff which was essentially it seemed like more um strength building based as opposed to a more plyometric or explosive based staff which is what it seems like they're doing now um more concentrating on how the body moves, not the weight that the body moves. It, there is something to that, or there could be something to that. Hard to tell, but I, I think what you were saying is you're, you're taking a short-term step back for long-term gains, and that's what you have to do, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. I just – I think about, like, when I was very active, not anymore, um, but, like, when I was playing basketball in college and stuff, and I would get put on different weight programs – Mm-hmm. I would suffer different injuries throughout the week. I would suffer very different things when I switched schools and we went to a completely different weight program. I had never had a shoulder injury in my life until I transferred colleges. Yeah. And we were on a totally different weight program and I got pinched running through a screen and my shoulder popped out and it's never been the same since. But I, I had made that action, gone through that action hundreds of times in my career, thousands of times in my playing career and never, never had an injury. And, you know, this is partly a freak injury, but it's also my body was not the same as it had been. Mm-hmm. And I was what at, at that point in my life, I was physically stronger than I'd ever been. I was not as flexible as I had ever been though. Yeah. Flexibility and flexibility or strength is great. But if it's not flexible, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good. So being able to move while being strong is kind of the key. And I think that's what the staff wants to do is maybe take some of the strength away, but add more more of the mobility, which is which is key. And you've started seeing linemen pulling across the well, across across the um, position. And not be light. Exactly. You're starting to see yep, tight end or a guard <coughs> coming off the backside, pulling to play side. Like that that that's beautiful. It's great to see. It's just going to get better as as the offensive line starts to fill in the depth behind them with guys coming in. You're probably about a year away from having depth on the line where you're feeling okay. And you're another yeah. year away from where you've got guys, I think, in position to where you want them. And I'll tell you what, too. I'll, I'll let us get out of here on this. Um, I'll, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. But I'll be honest. I'm really upset with some some of the larger accounts across the fan base. Um, calling out Coach Raiola and the offensive line because a there's not a lot of depth there, but b that offensive line is a thousand times better than it was last year. Yeah, I mean you don't have free runners coming at the quarterback. Uh, if you do, it's usually the quarterback stepping out of the pocket. I mean, I, I haven't seen that offensive line do a ton to help, but I haven't seen that offensive do a, that offensive line do a ton to hurt either i mean it's it's kind of a net zero at this point for the most part now i will say they've done a great job of getting in the way for some of the the runs to have anthony grant bump outside and and break a big run um i i think the offensive line is really incomplete at this point it's it's you can't really judge it 
you've got there, there's just too much um too many injuries on the offensive line to really judge it fair fairly and i, I think it's the same way with the entire offense it's there's it's yeah. incomplete this year I, I Bryce Benhart is a thousand times better than he was last year. Like yes, I'm not we, we yelling don't hear at him, about him anymore. I'm not yelling at him every time. Turner Corcoran is even better. Like yesterday, he was not a massive liability. He wasn't um, a zero point zero on a PFF chart. I I didn't look at those. Yet, I, I didn't like, either. I'm just guessing because I didn't see him get turned into a turnstile. But also yesterday, like the offensive line opened up holes in the run game. And they have throughout this year, especially when we get involved with some pulling actions and some pulling tight ends or fullbacks or whatever. Like Emmett Johnson had some holes to run through yesterday. Like that offensive line, for the most part, did their job. Now there were some times where, you know, I ne- I needed a little more push, or you know, could that pocket have been a little bit more sound because Heinrich Harburg was a little jumpy in the pocket yesterday? Sure, but for the most part, they held up and they did their job. So miss me with the we're not going to have the same offensive line coach because that offensive line is not killing us like they have that offensive line is significantly better than they've been i think honestly you have everybody on that offensive staff back for at least one more year including satterfield um one because how can you grade a offensive coordinator fairly when he's on his third fourth string running backs his third string quarterback or second string quarterback whatever you want to call harburg um a completely decimated wide receiver room. Uh, your your starting center was out. Uh, you know, second half of the game, you've got you know you're you got piecemeal line at best. I just you're going to have another year of Satterfield regardless. And if you don't see anything at the end of that second year, you don't see the progress at second year. Sure, I could understand you know exploring a a, a move at that point, but complaining and bitching about it. I mean, it's it's falling on deaf ears. I mean, it is what it is. You can bitch all you want. That's fine. It's just, it's not going to do anything. So, yeah, makes no sense. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, buddy, I'll let you go. We will, uh, I'm sure we'll be texting during this Eagles game. Oh, yeah, I'm and, excited. Uh, uh, well, fingers crossed my birds in. Your boys are coming out. out of the, <laughs> they're coming out of the tunnel now. So I'll let all you right. get to it. Let's let's end this bad boy uh, for Drake, for myself. Thanks for joining us here in Church of the Corn, everybody. Have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you all later. Thanks again, guys. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid-filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.